This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. To left center, deep, gone, Brewers lead it. And a swing and a miss, he struck him out. Down the line, and that's the ball game. Hey Brewers fans, welcome to the very first episode of Brewers Unfiltered, a weekly podcast that covers all the biggest Brewers storylines throughout the year and gives you a look inside the clubhouse. My name is Brad Ford, social media manager for the Milwaukee Brewers, coming to you from beautiful American Family Field. I'm joined by MLB.com's Brewers correspondent Adam McAlvey down in Arizona and former Brewers pitcher Tim Dillard at his palatial estate in Nashville. Gentlemen, how are we doing? We are so good. Um, it is very nice to see your faces. I like that this is a nationwide podcast that we're basically covering all areas of the country. And um, I'm excited to do this. Wow, that's pretty formal. I, I took a shower. So I don't know. Is this video too or just audio? Oh, just audio. Just audio. Okay. Well, never mind then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't mind me. We might have to charge in the future for the video service. But as of right now, first episode, we're going to let our fans just hear the sultry sounds of our voices <laughs> and soak in our brewer's knowledge because we get a lot of insight that I think you might not get other places, you know, especially because we're in the clubhouse, we're in the dugouts, we're talking to the guys pre and post game. We get to hear things that happen on the field. So I think that's very unique about what we have to offer. And it's going to be something fun that we can kind of bring to the table. Do you know who I hope subscribes? Because I'm going to try to bring one fun fact to every podcast. And I know Tim sometimes says my fun facts aren't that fun. But <laughs> I think this one is fun. Craig Council is a fan of podcasts. All right. He, he has some. So I, I can share a Craig Council podcast recommendation at the end of the episode if you want me to. I'd love it. But I think it should be maybe at the end. So then people will stay around. Then I'll have finally something to talk with the manager about. So Is it this podcast? Is this his favorite podcast? He will, I'm sure, be subscribing to this. So it's not this one because he hasn't had the joy of listening to it yet. But yeah, yeah. He does have a favorite podcast. All right. Well... We all know we're in the midst of spring training. The Brewers are with Adam in Arizona, prepping for opening day on April 7th against the Cubs. And I'd say we've seen a lot of good signs from the Brewers early in camp. But Adam, what are your biggest takeaways from camp so far? Okay, I will give you just one good, one not so good. Um, one good is it looks like they have a, a lot of outfield depth. And that's an area where you obviously want to get production um, offensively and defensively. McCutcheon will not just be a DH. He will play the corner outfield spots. Um, Tyrone Taylor looks like an absolute beast early on. I think he's a player who just gets better and better every year. And I love the story because he is such, he is like the all-time example of be patient with prospects. Like if a prospect doesn't kill it in year one out of the draft, like maybe it'll take five years, maybe it'll take seven years, um, but you can still become a really good baseball player. So I love the Tyrone Taylor story. Um, and then you look at all the guys that were down here in that early camp that they did. That minor league camp was so fun. Look, when the lockout was going on, it was not great. 
Um, I had the opportunity to come down here, though, and spend some time over there. It was so much fun to just get to know some of those guys. And what stands out over there, no doubt about it, is the outfielders. It's Mitchell and Freelich and Weimer and Joe Gray's a, just a, a joy to talk to. And there are some really good outfielders over there. So this organization is really, really in a good shape in terms of outfielders. One other takeaway for me, the infield looks thin. I think that Urias injury exposes, um, you know, they're thin. Who's the backup shortstop right now? I don't know. If, if something long-term happens to Willie Adamas or Luis Urias, that's an area where they, they seem a little bit thin. And it has me watching Bryce Terang because he's going to be right on the cusp. He's 22 years old. He's going back to Nashville after getting a taste last year and has a really good shot to play in the big leagues this year. So to me, those are kind of the big takeaways because the pitching to me just seems like, okay, get them ready and let them go pitch and you know they're going to be good. Hey, Tim, I guess you can speak to that a lot. And I know some fans have gotten worried about the quote-unquote struggles of Woodruff and Burns in their first outings. What do you really think about, is there anything to take away from that aside from they're just working on things? Well, number one, spring training is just hard. Like you can prepare all you want. And then once you get out to Arizona, you you get shin splints. You know, your arm hurts for whatever reason. You know, there's the old joke. You should just put your spikes on and stand in the driveway to get ready for spring training <laughs> because that's what it's like. So spring training to me, it's already hard to pitch in Arizona. Um, and it, you can't really get a really good sense of what's going on until later. But I mean, like you said, we have a, a you know opening day coming up in a week and a half. So you're, that urgency is there a little bit more than maybe years past. But I don't know. For me, it's just about guys getting their reps and making sure they're healthy. So <laughs> there's no reason to doubt any of these guys' track record, what they did last year, you know, what they've done years past. So for me, I, I'm going to go along with Adam. I'm going to say it's depth all around. I mean, I know the infield, you're, you know, it's, you know, you're saying is more thin than maybe the outfield or the pitching or the bullpen. But uh, you look back at uh, last year, you know, they made moves when they had to. I saw, did y'all see this tweet by Jeff uh, Passan a couple days ago, like four days ago? He's talking about the teams that spent the least amount of money in free agency. <laughs> and the Brewers are like fifth. And you're like, man, they only spent 12 million. The A's haven't spent any money, which is just crazy. But that's normal for the A's. But you look at the Brewers, it's like, who they, what, where do they need? Where do they need? And so last year, when they needed some, you know, some shortstop help, they went and got Willie Adamas. When they needed, you know, RBIs, they went and got Eduardo Escobar. When they needed maybe some power, some consistent power at first base, they were looking for Telez. So will there be moves in the future? Yeah, but right now it's depth. I mean, they, I think if they had to play a game tomorrow, they would, they would feel pretty good about what they're putting on the field. Right. And going back to the money thing, I think one thing that gets taken away from that is, A, we heard Mark say that he specifically always wants there to be financial flexibility so they can do exactly what you're talking about, Tim. And I think that's been shown in the past. And what I really liked about last season and is a trend I'd expect to continue is that this front office will strike when the opportunity's there, not when everyone else is doing it. So they, you know, Willie came in May, which everyone was like, wow, what a unique time for a trade. But they saw the opening, they saw the need, they went and they filled that need. And then when you go to, uh, again, talking about the spending, uh, I think it really doesn't calculate. This is Yelich's first year in the big part of his contract. This is also like the big arbitration uh, steps for the, a lot of the players. So the spending did go up substantially. It just they didn't allocate that money in free agency. And the reason I wanted to bring that up is not to debate anything you said, because I think what you said is very true. It's more of just, I've seen that a lot in the community, people talking about that that number that was out there. And I think there's just some 
realism that needs to be put into that perspective of like, no, money was spent significantly. And this is now the cost of having a homegrown team that's exceptional. It's just the cost is going to come on the back end of as their time expires with the team. Well, that's what I'm saying. You're giving a lot of credit to the player development. Obviously, the moves from the front office, yeah, but they got a lot of these guys, put them in the minor leagues, and then they developed. And I mean, look at the starting rotation of what has come up through the minor leagues. So yes, you don't have to spend a lot of money on free agency when you're producing just, you know, outstanding talent like the Brewers. Of course, I did play for the Brewers for a long time in the minor leagues. Just wanted to throw that note out there. (laughs) Dude, is that true? Is that so? I I hadn't heard. (laughs) <laughs> you had such a low profile down there, Tim. We never yeah, saw yeah. anything from it. That's like how I just recently learned that Locane has three kids. Locane has three kids and Tim Dillard played in the minor leagues and produced some videos. There you go. Same thing. <laughs> so sticking with the free agency spending, of course, the biggest money was spent on Andrew McCutcheon. Just had a big game over the weekend where he hit two home runs. Tim, how are you feeling about McCutcheon being on this team? I mean, I, I, I think he's a proven guy. I mean, you look back at, at what he's done. I mean, he could teach a master class on being a good teammate, but I tried to look further. You know, you're talking about this being a podcast. We have to know what we're talking about. We're getting paid to figure out, you know, brewers and watch them and all that jazz. And as a broadcaster, what really has come into play is the ballparks. You know, what guys do on the road and which ballparks. So McCutcheon played at PNC Park. That's as of 2014, had to look this up, uh, but 2014 ESPN had it rated as the, you know, least friendly place to hit. And then you, the Phillies were number 11. So now he's going to American Family Field, and that's number two. So you look at a guy coming in, he's proven as long as he's healthy, which is what we say about every single ball player ever. Uh, he gets significant playing time. You just have to assume his numbers are going to be really good. I am blown away by that level of research by Tim Dillard. That is, I, I did that while you guys were talking before we hit record. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another number that stands out to me. It's the righty-lefty splits. A lot's been made of that. His, his r- numbers against righties were not good last year. His numbers against lefties were phenomenal. So I think when that signing first happened, you think, okay, is he going to DH against lefties? Well, that's such a narrow window. You're going to want to play a guy more than just against lefties, and they plan to because there's all this other data now that they can look at beyond the numbers, beyond the batting average and the, the slugging and all that stuff and hard-hit data. And the Brewers saw a lot of evidence that McCutcheon's numbers against righties were suppressed by bad luck. And that's a big, huge part of baseball. It just is. And now they can, they have better data to determine when that really is impacting a guy. And notably, right before the off day, McCutcheon homers twice against Chris Flexen, a good Mariners righty. That was a big thing. One oppo, one pulled. He's going to hit against righties. He's going to play a lot. He's He's not just going to be a DH. He's going to play some corner outfield. There's going to be plenty of bats for Andrew McCutcheon, and they think that those numbers against righties are going to come up and that he's going to be a good sign. And, you know, we're talking about money. Um, Nelson Cruz was really popular for Brewers fans in the offseason. I think Kyle Schwarber was a really popular name. You know, Andrew McCutcheon came for one year and eight and a half million. And when you're talking about trying to save room to be able to go get who you need to get in season, that deal like the McCutcheon deal can be really big because it leaves you some, you know, buzzword, financial flexibility to go out and make a move to fill a hole. So I thought it was a smart signing if um, what happened, what they think is going to happen against righties, which is he performs better, turns out to happen. Right. And I think there's a lot to the DH being able to keep McCutcheon healthier for longer and 
you know, we mentioned how important health is for every player, but just he talked about dealing with some injuries in the recent years of his career that kind of limited him. Uh, the other thing that always excites me is the way he talks about hitting an American family field. Of course, like he walks through the doors and said, oh, I when I came to play here, I expected to hit one homer again, a series. So, yeah, uh, you know, he's very comfortable in the stadium, very familiar with it. I think that talks to Tim's point. So I think he's an exciting that I'm really excited by, especially because he's fun. He's goofy. And that makes my job easier. So I'm also excited. Well, he's going to be happy. He's, he's got the uniform number he wants now. I mean, that was one of the highlights of camp when we're talking to him about getting number 24 and the whole sort of exchange he made with Hunter Renfro taking 12 and giving up 24 to McCutcheon who loved Ken Griffey jr. Who didn't. And, you know, Mike Vassallo made our day. He used to work with Griffey in Cincinnati, and we're talking to McCutcheon about how much he loved Griffey and idolized him and the backward hat and the whole thing. And Vassallo hands him the phone, and it says Junior. And here's Ken Griffey Jr. on the phone, and we got to see McCutcheon tell him that he finally, after years and years, was able to get a number 24. So the, the, there's personality. Uh, there's great, you know, great storyteller. And I don't know how much that shows up on the field, but it certainly helps in the clubhouse, and it helps make uh, – a good team. Yeah, that's an awesome story read too. That story at mlb.com. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shameless plug. No, I saw that story. I thought it was fantastic. I mean, when I look at uh, Ken Griffey Jr.'s uh, number in my phone, I wrote it in there as Mr. Ken Griffey Jr. So, I mean, he puts Jr. <laughs> you know, to each their own. <laughs> what a good flex there. I have Ken Griffey Jr. in my phone. Yeah, I, I do not. I have Tim. No, Jr. I'm kidding. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we talked a little bit about some of the guys who are performing exceptionally well. And Adam, you were high on him, so I guess I want to get your read on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being absolutely confident this guy is going to perform at a very high level. How much should fans read into Tyrone Taylor's spring so far? To me, 10. Like, I don't know that I'm saying Tyrone Taylor is going to hit 30 bombs because I just don't know what the opportunity is going to be. He's, things would have to happen for him to get 500 at bats. Um, but I just know that when he plays, he does something good for you and he hits the ball hard, um, plays a good outfield, $10 million smile, like does checks all the boxes of like what you want in a teammate and a player. And again, the, like we get so impatient with, with prospects, with young players. And when it doesn't happen right away, um, guys get written off. Tyrone Taylor was totally written off dropped off every prospect list, was not on the, anyone's radar. And he gets a chance, um, and he's performed. And I just, I love it. I, I just, I think he's uh, a really exciting player. You know, again, he's an extra outfielder on this team as, it, as we sit right here. So it, it's, it, we'll, we'll see whether he gets the opportunity. But, I mean, in terms of just performance when he does get opportunity, I'm very confident that, that he's a good major leaguer. Tim, how about you? How do you feel about Tyrone? Well, I was his teammate. Yeah. Yeah. I, we were teammates, uh, in triple a years ago and you know, I'm, I'm the goofy old oldest guy on the team that makes these ridiculous videos for social media. Check it out at Dim Tillard, but <laughs> I'm locker mates with Tyrone Taylor, you know, who I'd seen in spring training and, and over the years, but finally got to be teammates with him. And I'd be like, Hey man, you want to be in a video? He's like, nah, man, I'm gonna go hit. Yeah. So the next day, Hey man, you want to be in a video? It's like, nah, I'm gonna go work out. Like this guy is, he, he is very regimented. He knows exactly how to prepare for a game. 
And at that time, obviously in AAA, he was an everyday player, so he's preparing that way. In the big leagues, I feel like he's learned how to be prepared at any moment. He, you know, he may not be in the starting lineup, but the way Craig Council does, it's like you may be in the second inning or somebody gets hurt running to first. Guess what? You're in the game in the fifth. So I think he's learned how to prepare in different ways. And I think we're seeing that come to fruition here where he's a, an experienced player. He knows what he's capable of and he knows what he's not capable of. He goes out there and he lays off pitches he can't do anything with. And he has such a great approach. He works counts and loves to hit the ball opposite field, hits mistakes. I am a huge Tyrone Taylor fan. And Adam, he's been on my radar uh, for years. So, yeah, he hasn't fallen off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, should, I should specify I meant everyone but Tim Diller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think people forget that Tyrone was actually the number one prospect in the system on Pipeline ahead of Arcia. Yeah when they were coming up together and that's when he was really 2021 i didn't know that yeah it takes a while sometimes i mean especially power what we're seeing with him is the you know the the adage like power is the last thing to come for a lot of guys and that seems to be the case with him because he's hitting for a lot of power down here and just squaring up baseballs yeah well i have nothing new to say i completely agree with you guys well, I think one thing, too, is with, with Major League Baseball, you know, I can speak to the minor leagues. With some of the stuff they're changing, you know, you got 20 rounds and, you know, the draft, they're limiting uh, different numbers of people that can be in your in your organization. I mean, that, that number is going to be going down over the years. So you guys are having less and less opportunities. So a guy like Tyrone Taylor to, you know, take a few years longer uh, to get to be this amazing player that he is now, I, it, you're probably not going to see it that much. You know, that window is closing. You can't just sit there and play around for five or six years and then finally come into your own. I think what we're going to see moving forward is a rush for guys to, you know, become the big leaguers are supposed to be in a shorter amount of time. So anyway, he may be a, he may be a unicorn here going forward. Yeah. As I said, big Tyrone fan, agree with you guys. But now, Tim, I want to hear what your thoughts are on a scale of one to 10. How much should fans read into Keston Hira's spring? I mean, yeah, read into it. It's, I mean, the guy's, the guy's crushing. He's batting like 500. He uh, has four extra base hits, right? I think I had to look that up. And what, what I love about it is he's spraying the ball all over the field. I faced him in 2019, I think. He was in uh, AAA in San Antonio and hadn't faced him before. I'd seen him in spring training. I've always been like, you know, teammates playing games, but finally got to pitch against him. And I threw a, I don't even know what I threw, what pitch. And he swung and I thought it was going to hit me in the face. So I threw my hands up and he shot a ball down the right field line. <laughs> and I was like, how? I was like, that is so bizarre. Next time up, I threw a pitch and he hit it, a rocket, and I covered my face again. I thought it was going to hit me in the face. It was down the left field line. This dude was just crushing doubles off of me on different pitches like it's nothing. And that right there is what I, I still see uh, the difference from last year to this year. So last year, he was unwilling to kind of go with those pitches. He was being very selective. He was being too selective. And now you see a guy that's being aggressive at pitches because he knows what he's going to do with them. And he just didn't budge last year. And I think this year, he's willing to make an adjustment. So I don't know who to credit that. Maybe that's Connor Dawson, the new hitting coach. I don't know. Uh, I mean, Adam, you're there, right? You're, you're there in spring training. I'm in my... I'm in my house. You can tell by these uh, Yoda posters behind me. <laughs> well, to me, it's like this is a project that began at the end of last season at home with his hitting guy that he's been with since he was in high school and college. And here's what I love about the Keston Hero story. This is a guy who's a first-round pick, high, you know, ninth overall pick in the draft, um, blew through the minor leagues, came up to the big leagues, hit 19 homers in a, in a short stint, 
like just did everything the Brewers could have asked for in 2019. Um, and here he is two years later, and he's open to all these changes. He's open to changing things because the last two years have gone terribly. Um, that sounds simple. Like, well, of course you should change things. The last two years have gone terribly. But for a player of his pedigree who's hit his entire life doing something one way, to change can be really hard. Tim, I'm thinking like in your career, you went through that period where all of a sudden you came into camp and you're messing around with arm angles. And it like rejuvenated your career at that time, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I was on my way out. <laughs> but I mean, so different different point in your career. But I think my point is I, I, lo I love a guy that's open, that's, that's willing to try things, that's willing to change, um, to do things differently than has always been done. And I think with Keston Hira, uh, that's kind of messing with that toe tap, trying to limit it at times. Uh, and then, you know, playing left field it increases versatility and try to get some at-bats. I don't know where it's going to go. I mean, if you were to pin me down and say one to 10, put me down as like a two right now because I just would like to see it. I think he needs to just play and, and see if he can sustain it. And I think he's a really interesting roster decision because if he makes the big league roster, he's going to get sporadic at-bats, kind of play here and there spell rowdy at first in certain matchups or do you want him to just go to nashville and mash see if he can do it for a month i don't know what they're going to do there i think that's one of the interesting roster decisions coming up in by the way like a week yeah uh, because you know so um i i i think he's a guy that i'm less sure about because i think he needs to just get out there and hit and perform and see, see if he can sustain it well, I, I mean, you, the roster, right, is going to be 28 guys on the roster until yeah. May, correctly? So, yep. I mean, you have that many, that, a couple open spots there. So it'd be hard to think, especially if Arias is not going to, you know, be ready for opening day, which we don't know about yet. So I, I say he makes the club. That's, that's news here within the last 24 hours that Arias is not going to be ready for opening day. Oh, my he's, bad. He's back oh. to running and doing mm. some things, but he's going to miss opening day. But, mm. but they think just a couple of series. Sure. So he'll be a part of it here early, but... Um, that's one spot that, that will be open. Well, it's time for a quick break. When we come back, we'll see if the guys can figure out which baseball players are real or fake. Also, they'll give us their bold predictions for the Brewers of 2022. Stick with us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I'm a massive baseball nerd, and one of my favorite things to do is go back in time and look at the really fun names for players in the late 1800s to the early 1900s. Most of the players, like, they sound like they could join the cast of Looney Tunes. So since those names sound made up, we want to put Adam and Tim to the test. Oh boy. We have a list of three names for each of you, and we want to know if you can tell us which names are real and which names are fake. So we're going to do this where... Tim, you're going to go first. I'm going to give you a list of three names. All right. If you get it wrong, Adam will have a chance to steal. And then we'll go to Adam in the same situation. Tim, are you ready? I, I mean, I guess. 
I got my phone ready. Can I Google or is this? <laughs> no, no Googling. I, oh, oh, okay. All right. Let me put this put right phone away. I, there. Okay. <laughs> See, so here's the situation is Adam is, you know, on the honor system and it looks like we have Tim. He's a little nefarious. So we got to keep an eye on his video. He's competitive. He's more competitive than me. That's why he made it. And I topped out of uh, <laughs> eighth grade. Okay. First name, Milky Robinson. Second, Shooty Babbitt. Three, Rusty Post. Oh, my God. Milky Robinson, Shooty Babbitt, Rusty Post. Tim, only one of them is real. Ooh, only one of them is real. Okay. That makes great sense. It doesn't help at all, though. Um, I'm going to say Rusty Post. Rusty Post. <laughs> well, Tim, it's now Adam's chance to steal. So searching for the real name. Okay, the real name. And it's Milky Robinson and... Shooty Babbitt. Shooty Babbitt. Didn't he play second base for the Brewers a couple years ago? They went to Cincinnati? Uh, no, different guy. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say Milky Robinson. And there will be no points claimed in this round. Wow. The real name is Shooty Babbitt. <laughs> wow. Oh. Okay. Do you hear a little bio? or? So as much as I love that these names come from generally 1800s, 1900s, this is actually a pretty recent one, all things considered. He played one season with the Oakland Athletics. Uh, so really not a lot of history to pull from there. Hit 256, 314 with a slugging of 301, zero homers. So, you know, not, uh, not a career that normally gets noted when you make your debut at 22 and then don't show back up. So that's Shooty Babbitt in a bubble. Well, I just cheated for just this one time, and he also was <laughs> on the A's broadcast team. Oh, I mean, we probably uh. we probably had lunch with him down here in spring training at some point. Well, that's on you. I am pretty sure I know Rusty Post. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I know that guy. I thought I had number in my phone. I, I guess I was wrong. So that's uh, my fault. Okay, <laughs> for Adam. Okay, here are your three names. 10 million, Greg Ironwolf, or Fish Faulkner? <laughs> Wait a second. What was the first one? 10 million, Greg Ironwolf. 10 million? Or Fish Faulkner. One of those is a real Major League Baseball player. Hmm. Uh-huh. I'm going to say Fish Faulkner. And Tim, it's your chance to steal. Ah. Uh, uh. 10 million or Greg Ironwolf? Ironwolf. Got to go Ironwolf because it's cool. And we have a pointless debut. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Pointless debut of this game. Wow. Unbelievable. We're now, failing. I'm a big fan of this game. Uh, Do Taco Bell menu items. I'm- <laughs> so, 10 million was born in 1889 in Mount Vernon, Washington. Huh. Wait, that's not right. <laughs> he was. <laughs> born in Mount Vernon. Like Washington, uh, D.C. And yeah. he played a few seasons uh, from the age of 21 to 24, ending his career in 1914. Okay. Uh, but because the dates are so hard and the information so rough back then, we don't have the best information. It says on baseball reference, bats unknown, throws unknown. Died June 1964, full name 10 million. Wow. That's a name. Okay. 10 million. Well. Wow. That's like, I wonder if that's the genesis of the Seinfeld episode where George wants to name his son Seven. Could be. Someone did it first, George. Sorry. Now, let's talk back to modern day baseball, specifically modern day brewers. And the question that I feel pretty confident in answering that I'm going to start with you, Tim. Are the brewers the clear favorite to win the Central? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you look around, the Reds kind of unloaded. 
you don't really know what to get from the Pirates. I don't know if they know what they're doing. The Cubs, you know, they're always competitive. But, I mean, I, the Brewers just have so much depth. Like we talked about already, it, it, it's hard to see them not the clear favorite. Adam, do you feel the same? Agree, totally. I mean, yeah, th- this is one that, like, don't overthink it. Um, the Brewers will be picked by, I think, almost everybody. Um the experts to win the division. By the way, those are always my favorite part about baseball because, you know, websites, including ours, always do the the predictions like who will win the division. And then they'll never revisit it. Like you make these <laughs> predictions and then you forget they ever happened. Nobody ever checks your work. Like just might as well make some crazy prediction because nobody's ever going to go back and check. You know what we should do? We should do sealed envelopes. We should write down stuff that we think put it in a sealed envelope and then later on during the season or at you know at the end of the season we we you know rip it open and blow into it ed mcmahon that bad boy oh i am going to hold you to to this in the postseason recap shows so don't think that this isn't coming back yeah yeah this is like the we don't need to write it down we're recording this right we're not gonna remember this (laughs) (laughs) so you know i think the brewers are the favorites you know, especially you look at things like the Cardinals. Flaherty just went down. Their pitching staff uh, clearly is dealing with some difficulties right now. They definitely have one of the most intimidating offenses. I think the Cubs are shockingly interesting, especially because they have Stroman yeah. and Suzuki. So those are two interesting offseason additions where they could be the random team. But then you look at Pittsburgh, who's clearly, clearly rebuilding. As Tim said, the Reds have kind of shipped everyone off. Uh, it really makes you confident that the Brewers feel like they're retaining this title. Now, Adam, who are you most personally excited to watch in the 2022 season for the Brewers? Uh, I am all in on Rowdy Telez. Uh, I did a mailbag on MLB.com yesterday. Uh, <laughs> go check out. And um, I just think it's opportunity, right? So much of this game is like getting the opportunity, getting at bats, having a leash. And I think Rowdy's going to get a lot of at bats. I think, you know, we talked about McCutcheon hitting righties. Rowdy has shown he's pretty good against lefties. You don't have to platoon him. If he performs, you can play him out there every day. And I think he has a really good opportunity. I just like the way he plays the game too. He had some big moments for the Brewers last year at times. A walk off down the line, um, a character. I, I just, I, I really like Rowdy a lot. And I, I like the opportunity that's facing him. We talked about you know, he was playing in Toronto and everybody wanted Vlad Jr. because he's a superstar prospect and he's turned out to be a superstar major leaguer. And Rowdy was the guy who sort of was in front of him. And that's a very difficult position to be in. So now he has a that that trade was just great for him. Fresh start. And what he said is like, look, if, if this doesn't pan out for me, I've no one to blame but myself. So like he's clear eyed about what this opportunity is in front of him and ready to go make the most of it. That's good stuff. I mean, how do you pass up that? I mean, Telez is an exciting player to watch just as a pitcher, watching what he can do against lefties, lefty on lefty. But for me, I'm going to go with five players. I'm going with the Brewers starting rotation. As a pitcher, I want to see these guys in action. There's no, there's no day where it's like, oh, I don't have to catch this game because, you know, not an exciting, you know, whoever. There's a fill-in starter. There's this guy. They have five legitimate starters that are just unique to their own. And 
with getting rid of the you know the pitcher having to hit, I feel like these guys may even pitch deeper into ball games. I think they need that as far as you know getting to the playoffs and you know possibly a World Series. They need these guys to go deep into games throughout the season. Uh, for me, it's the five man rotation of of. Uh, Peralta, Woodruff, Burns, Hauser, Lauer. I think that right there is just a wonderful combination that of just excitement because of what they can bring to every single performance. I think you mean six-man rotation. Well, I want the five-man. I'm selfish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I think Craig hasn't committed to the six-man, so that's, of course, speculation. I think they will use it at some point like they did last yeah. year because it's a great way to keep players healthy, um, especially when you're you're coming off your third consecutive very odd off-season slash spring training. So I think it's pretty obvious that it'll be a great tool for them. One player that I'm really excited to watch is Hunter Renfro. I just can't wait to see what that guy can do in a hitting park like American Family Field. And I can't wait to watch some monster hits. I've watched him in batting practice. And in scenarios where other people are struggling, he's mashed some monster homers. The guy can really swing it. And he's someone who I'm super excited about. I saw him hit one over the left field wall. We were talking, yeah, we were talking about that, that it's, it's, it's rare. If people have been to American family field, there's that like second brick wall that the shopping center is behind it. And we came up with the guys who'd done it. And it was like Mark Reynolds, Manny Pena did it once. Nelson Cruz. I mean, not many others. Nelson Cruz did it once. Yeah. I mean, not many. That's a poke. Yep. Yeah. It, it was coming off of a pitching machine going, you know, at about 90. That was only 40-ish feet away. So I think that was what, of course, the velocity is going to help some in the lift, but the, the reaction time needed to get that thing out of there. And they had struggled against that machine for a little bit, poked some foul, and he adjusted, and his third round of BP just left my jaw dropped. And I get to watch Christian Yelich BP regularly, and that guy can crank some far, but... For Renfro to make that impression, I thought it was very noteworthy to me and something I held on to. Well, Hunter Renfro in the minor leagues coming up through AAA, I mean, that guy was almost a triple crown winner when it came to average home runs, RBIs. This guy was just, you know, deadly out there with a baseball bat. So, yeah, you're talking about excitement and, and power. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good choice. So, Adam, who's going to be the Brewers MVP in 2022? I'm going to say Christian Yelich. I'm just going to say Christian Yelich. That's too easy of an answer maybe, but he's too good of a baseball player to, to have what happened last season happen again. Um, you know, he had the knee injury at the end of 19. They say that was resolved by the time he got there in 20. He signed that big contract. The pandemic messed with so many really good big league hitters. That short season was bad for certain guys. It was really bad for Keston Hira. It was really bad for, for Christian Yelich for whatever reason. And then last year, the back trouble early, two months of just grinding through, not feeling right. And then they say he was, everyone thinks he was hurt the rest of the way last year. Like he was battling that back. They have just, everyone has sworn up and down that that was not the case. That the last four months of last season, he was healthy. He just never, he'd gotten bad habits or whatever during that time when he was hurt. He, I just think he's too good to not be Christian Yelich again. I don't know if it's 18, 19 Christian Yelich, but like, a moderate season for Yelich is enough to be MVP of your team. So that's why I'll go with that. And I think what's, yeah. And I think what's fascinating to your point about how that impacted him is the two top players in the NL or two of the top players in the NL that year were Christian Yelich and Cody Bellinger. Yeah. And 
now Cody Bellinger is making news because he struck out in over 50% of his spring at bats. He's having a very rough spring in terms of the go at it. So it's funny to, not funny, but it's interesting to look at the long-term impact that that season has had and how it's affected not just guys on this team. I think fans often get focused on how are the players I watch being impacted. Yeah, But it's absolutely it's happened to a lot of people. But to fun news and fun talk versus the sadness that happened to some very good baseball players. <laughs> Tim, who's your Brewers MVP in 2022? <laughs> yeah, for whatever reason, let's never talk about 2020. Uh, I'm going to go <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go twofold here. I'm going to go Willie Adamas and Brandon Woodruff. I'm going Willie Adamas because I I just feel like that's an easy one and I want to look smart. Uh, but just watching his at bats this spring, he looks just like mid-season form last year. Uh, I, as like I said, I keep saying this, but as a pitcher, like that's what you look for. You look for holes in guys' swings and what are they looking for? What are they able to hit well? And just seeing the power opposite field, he had the home run the other day, like that right there is just prime Willie Adamas. And and he's a good low ball hitter. And I think teams are starting to realize that, you know, hey, up here is really good. Like, let's get up in the zone. But if you look at the Dodgers, they threw more sinkers than anybody back in, well, I should, shouldn't say 2020, but 2020, you know, it, so... <laughs> There's, it's coming back around. It's coming back around to stuff down in the zone, good change of step. He's a good low ball hitter. Not You can't say that about everybody. So Willie Adamas, for me, uh, is going to be the MVP. And uh, as far as Brandon Woodruff, I just think this is his year. I, I just, I don't know. I mean, I want to say that about Hauser and Burns, but Burns had his year last year. <laughs> so Woodruff stepping up, being the guy that just says, you know what, put this on my back. I'm going to get more innings this year than I did last year and the year before. Just let me have this. He's a workhorse. He's a good Mississippi homegrown guy, and he just likes to get out there. He reminds me of Lance Lynn. You know, Lance Lynn helped the Cardinals in 2011. I mean, this, this is what I see from Brandon Woodruff in uh, 2022. This is a question I really struggle with because I think you bo- guys both gave good answers, and I think the hard part about this team is the good players we know. I mean, it's a crew, it's a group that's been around each other for a while. We know how their dynamics work out. So I want to give something different. But I'm going to give the next safest answer than Adam and say Corbin Burns. But I think you could pick anyone in that rotation. I think Yelich and Willie make a lot of sense. This team, like I said, it's laid out. We know exactly who the good players are. We know how that chemistry works. We know when the team goes well, who's going good. So those are the guys you really need for this team to to be successful, for this team to be successful. And yeah, it's unfortunately a a pretty straightforward conversation when it comes to us speculating but I think that's a great thing as a fan to have that source of you know surety and know like hey we got a good team and it's because of these guys well I'm I have an inside track on this one because the team MVP is voted by the uh local chapter the BBWA (laughs) (laughs) of which I am one of the handful of members so I'm gonna you know do what I can to try to steer this at the end of the season. I don't think you're allowed to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm clipping that. I'm sending it to the BBWA. <laughs> Sanctioned. <laughs> They're going to send Will Smith over there to slap you in the face. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. The most fun bold prediction. Just what's your boldest prediction for 2022, Tim? Boldest prediction. Uh, Brewers World Series. I don't. I mean, wow. I don't know. That's not really bold. I feel like they have the components. It's pretty bold, Tim. It's no, um, I've been a little while. Well, uh, you look at 
different people going to different places. And like Brad just brought up, you have a good core here. And I, not every team can boast a core that has been here, gone through a season together, all that. And I mean, this is a Brewers podcast. Like, you know, they're probably listening. Heck yeah. Let's go. Brewers World Series. Here we go. I'll, I'll go more specific on a player. I think Freddie Peralta will be the Brewers best starter. And I think that's bold only in that, not that he's not good, but I think Burns and Woodruff are very, very good. And, and you know, Burns is the Cy Young. Woodruff is super established at this point. I just like what Freddie, I don't know. I can't explain it. I just, I like the way he's carrying himself. He just looks like he really is like just comfortable in where he's at. And he's in great shape after the offseason. He spent most of it in Milwaukee uh, throwing indoors. Um, he just seems like he's poised to do really big things. And now he's got that complete arsenal. Um, I just, I, I love, I love his chances of having a great year. And I'm not sure if Freddie has thrown 140 plus innings before, if he ever falls off last season, I think he continues going. And I think, you know, Burns was number one for Cy Young. Woodruff was number five. I think he's up there too. And you have three brewers in pretty high rankings in Cy Young. So I wonder if, especially he has that little injury towards the end of the year, uh, they give him a little rest and he, he, but heading into the playoffs, he was starting to be sharp again. I wonder if he was more, had experience more in longer seasons, if that ever becomes an issue and he just continues to pitch extremely well through it. Yeah. Now he has that base under him. Right. So I, again, I don't know how bold that is. I, I like to do these and we, we used to do these on MLB.com. And one year I said, my bold prediction was Chris Carter would hit 40 homers and he did. <laughs> And it was like the greatest <laughs> prediction I've ever made. And usually I'm terrible. So I, maybe I should get more specific, but I, I just, yeah, I, I don't know. I, the only reason I consider a bold is I think if you, most people would probably put Woodruff or Burns as, you know, a, sort of the tier above Freddie, but right. I just think he's got a chance to be really good. Right. That's a bold prediction when you're on the team with the reigning Cy Young. Yeah, sure. My bold prediction, I have actually a, a shoe bet with a friend that Keston here is going to have an 850 plus OPS. So, uh, wow. one of us may or may not be eating a piece of a shoe, depending on which way that goes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What you have to wh eat. I thought you had to buy like an expensive pair of shoes. Yeah. I was going that way too. You know, <laughs> no, no, what no. Part it's, it's like eating crow, you know, but it's what, a shoe. What, what part of the shoe are you going to eat? Do you get to choose? I think the semantics have yet to be fully discussed. Is it a used oh no, shoe? we have like agreed a it's a new shoe. shoe? <laughs> Is it no feet will be in the shoe? Yeah, oh, okay. It's well, not like a waste of a he's new not shoe. taking the shoe off and you're nibbling on it. Right, right, <laughs> right, yeah, right. got it. <laughs> I was on a uh, rafting trip once and we dumped. And if you are a guide in your group, like you know, dumps in the river, at the end you have to drink a booty beer. So they would they open a beer and you know you have to wear those rubber boots. Um, so they poured a beer in this disgusting boot and the, the guide had to drink a booty beer. Y'all are throwing a lot at me. So that's, a, that, I'm just trying to give you an alternative. If you don't <laughs> want to eat a shoe, I feel pretty good about this because the, the person I made the agreement with, uh, also never challenged me that if it's under 850 OPS, I have to eat a shoe. <laughs> so it's really just not him. Wow. And he may be on this call right now. <laughs> it's not me <laughs> uh so my bold prediction is uh i don't really think it's that bold but that uh, keston here uh, i said has a burns like bounce back season and that was kind of where we set the bar but that's my real bold prediction is that keston here is going to have a, a burn corbin burns-esque bounce back season where burns became the best player in baseball following 2019 struggles where do you see him getting the at-bats brad 
look, I just set a number on this. <laughs> so, uh, no, I mean, there's going to be health concerns. There's going to be uh, injury issues. If yeah. things like Andrew McCutcheon needs to start in left field every day because there's another left field issue, he's going to be the DH. Also, there's yeah. the opportunity yeah. where Craig has shown if you're hitting well, he'll stick with you. So if he comes up, hits well, he'll just get more time. Yep. Yeah, stuff like that does usually work out. We always... At this time of year, we always like, oh, where are they going to go? Too many outfielders that one year when they got Yelich and Kane. Right. And then it worked out just perfect. So it does often work out. I'll, I'll, okay. Well, and there was too many outfielders last year. Too many outfielders 2.0. Yeah. And Jackie ended up being necessary to play in the center field all oh, but for a majority of the season while Kane yep. got healthy. Okay. I like it. Yep. That's it. And that's why it's especially bold is because where are the at-bats going to come from? Good point. Good point. You did a good job there of bringing it back to the question. <laughs> All right, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, the guys are going to give you some of their favorite places to eat in Milwaukee and their favorite movies to watch. We'll be back in a sec. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Rapid round. We're going to go quick. We'll start with you, Tim. Rapid round questions. Give us your answers off the top of your head. Over under 260, or 260 average for Christian Yelich. 260. Oh, over. Over. Adam? Over. Easy. Okay. I'm going yeah. over to, again, I think the things Adam and I both seen just Yelich looks good going into this season. Again, I don't know if it's 2019 good, but he looks good. All right. Adam, favorite spot to eat in Milwaukee? Elsa's. Didn't even have to think about that. That's easy. <laughs> Daisy May Burger. And can we talk about adult beverages or maybe not? Daisy May Burger. Okay. Uh, uh, Dim. A rapist place, Brookfield Mall. Ooh, yeah. It's awesome. Best Venezuelan food you can find, except unless you're in Venezuela. <laughs> I truly love Cafe Benelux's brunch. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. They have a couple things there that I just go mm. crazy for. Okay. Tim, I think this is the perfect question for you. Who's someone to watch in the Brewers' bullpen? Ooh, got to be Jake Cousins. Um, that guy just has a pit. Oh, or do we get to explain or we just quick say our answer yeah, or no? You can explain. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I think he's got a pitch he could throw every single time, and I think the hitter could know it's coming, and they can't do much with it. So that's a pretty good thing to do. It's like, what do I throw? I throw my disgusting slider that doesn't break till right before it gets to home plate, and then you miss it by a foot. That right there is fun to watch. Maybe, uh, I don't know, Luis Perdomo. He looks really good. I don't know if he has a chance to make this squad. I think he should, just what he's shown in you know three or four games. But yeah. What about you, Adam? Brad, what was it again? What was the term you used for it? <laughs> Who's someone to watch in the Brewers' bullpen? Someone to watch. Um, well, t- to me, it's, yeah, I think Luis Perdomo is really interesting right now. As a non-roster guy, he signed a two-year deal coming off Tommy John surgery. Uh, his innings are super efficient. They're super fast, which we like. And I think he's, I think he makes a team. Yeah. I am all in on Devin Williams' new toy. Mm-hmm. I would not bet against that. That's a good one. <laughs> Although he's already someone everyone should watch, if he gets a third pitch that is really dangerous to hitters, in addition to his two pitches that are already incredibly dangerous to hitters, I, I don't know where the ceiling is for that guy. So Tim brought it up, 
But uh, this past weekend, something happened at the Oscars. I, you know, probably nothing noteworthy, nothing that blew up the internet. Um, Adam, what's the last great movie you've seen in honor of the Oscars? Oh, gosh, what a tough question. Because, like, I just feel like I don't watch movies anymore. <sighs> Shame. Um, because we're just all binging shows, you know? I want to say Succession. <laughs> Um, the last great movie. Well, okay. I'll just say it's my favorite movie. I rewatched Clue. Oh, okay. And it wasn't that long ago and it's the greatest movie ever made. So <laughs> still good. Yeah. That movie's still good. Yeah. I'll, I'll say Clue. What about you, Tim? Uh, did Axford ever convert you into a movie file? Are, are you movie obsessed? He was trying to get me to watch like all these, uh, foreign films of like, you know, and I, I, I was like, man, I can't, I can't read this ax. Like, I don't want to read a movie. <laughs> There's a reason I don't read books and watch movies. So I don't have to read. And then, um, I don't know. One of the movies I always love is, that I can watch anytime is any, you know, John wick. You can just watch John wick on a whim. Um, that, that's a really easy one to watch. I would say ready player one is one of my favorites just because it has so much nostalgia in it. Uh, Steven Spielberg. Um, but did anybody see the Spider-Man movie, which didn't oh, even yeah, get no, nominated for like best picture. I mean, if you keep kept up with the Marvel movies and watch this latest Spider-Man, something with home in it, uh, it's just off the wall bonkers, but it's really fun. It's awesome. So I enjoyed that one. Uh, my last great movie. I just saw the Batman and I'm obsessed with it. Oh, yeah. All right. Adam, what Brewers matchup are you most excited to watch in 2022? Um, well, you know, there, there was an early one. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm just going to say Balt. I'm going to say Oriole. What Brewers matchup? Like where, like a team, like a yeah. series. Yeah. Hmm. I'm really excited for Baltimore because that for like almost 20 years has been my last stadium. I've never gone to now Fort Worth sort of threw a wrench cause there's a new one. Um, and it was going to be a cool matchup with uh, the Urias brothers who are going to get to play against each other. And we're really excited. Now it looks like Louis isn't going to be active for that. Hopefully he's on the trip and they can see each other. It's a cool little, you know, brothers in major leagues, I think is really cool to have two guys make it to that level is just crazy how talented they are. Um, so I am like personally excited for that series because it checks a box of a place I'm really, really excited to see and have never been. Tim? Man, I'm excited just for baseball like let's go already it feels like it's been way too long to have the season so for me i'm like let me just get the opening day and and hopefully they don't keep pushing that sucker back <laughs> like let's just have opening day and so things can be normal so yeah i'm looking forward to brewers cubs right out of the gate i am looking forward to the matchups that like we rarely get to see which now are going to become less rare yeah things like toronto i think will be very fun the, basically the whole AL East, it's kind of a cop-out answer, but I think that's a very exciting, those are big teams, whether in prestige or performance. So it's very exciting to have those matchups this year. The Brewers go to Tampa, which is like one of my favorite, favorite, favorite spots, mostly because of DJ Kitty, but also <laughs> because it's just such a strange place for baseball. And it, it is like this weird little interruption in the monotony of, you know, the dog days of a season. Right. So that that's one I'm looking forward to as well. Right. Yeah, that's a fun one because they're the split series for yeah. two here, two away. Yeah, quick trip, quick trip. So I have to get my DJ Kitty picture. I only have two days to get it. Yeah, I believe in you. I've seen you get things like that done before. <laughs> All right, Tim has a real answer to this because he's had one before. So I guess I'll start with him. Tim, what would your walk-up song be? Walk-up song to pitch or hit? Uh, let's say pitch because it's more real to you. 
Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing the DH at me, are you? No, uh, I don't know. I never really had a come out like a walkout song, uh, warm up song. I did. I never got one in the big leagues. Every time they ask me, I'm like, I'm not going to be that guy that wants to come out to like some awesome like check me out song. I didn't want to be that guy. Uh, Jeff Supon had the best one. He came out to Bob O'Reilly, the Who, right? Like that was yeah. fantastic mm-hmm. for a starter. Um, and then you got like, you know, Inner Sandman for Mariano Rivera. So like for me, I was like, I'm not even in that realm. So I was like, usually coming out to the song, uh, hey, remember Brewers fans, kids eat free on Tuesdays. <laughs> like that was my warm up song. Um, but I would want something really cool. Like just, I don't know, maybe like electric light orchestra, something like that. Like Mr. Blue Sky, just something uplifting. So I feel really good about myself. But if I could have a, a walk up song, like if I'm going to the plate to hit, um, my best one I ever came up to hit to was the fanfare 20th Century Fox, you know, that yeah. plays before Star Wars or used That's to. That's like, really yeah. good. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I got in the box and I was digging in and it was playing. The catcher was like, OMG, this is the best walk up song ever. I was like, thanks, man. <laughs> and the umpire was like, Tim, it's a really good. This is awesome. And I was like, save it, meat. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, meat. what's your walk up yeah. song? <laughs> uh, my walk-up song is Bad Out of Hell. Oh. We actually have a Tim Media me, Media Maven Tim Dillard. We do play a media versus front office softball game. I'm claiming you for the media side here. Oh, okay. Because we need guys. We always lose. <laughs> um, because the Brewers front office is filled with like these. You know, Scott Campbell is a fan, like incredible left-handed hitter. These like legit baseball guys can actually play baseball, and we just stink. I blew out my hamstring the last time we played, which was great. I don't know if I can fill in for Tom. <laughs> well, Tom did not play. Aww. He's moral support. Oh, okay. So anyway, uh, bad out of hell. I will say, like, this topic actually came up with Craig Council this week. We were talking, Keston Hira's walk-up song down here in spring training is from that commercial. I don't even want to sing it, but it's like, sing it. I feel real good today. I feel real good. Like, then it is today. Yeah. I can't sing it. So, yeah. Please, <laughs> please let's dub in the music at this point. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Okay. Someone engineering can like put this in here, but it's council loves it. It's he says it's like the perfect song, um, and uh, Bryce Trang is a really good one. Black Sabbath is a great walk up song. War Pigs. <laughs> so those are the two that stand out. The best walk in song going in spring training right now is Hobie Milner comes out to the Pokemon Battle sound from Pokemon Red on the Game Boy cartridge. So just, it's amazing. I love it. And it, it hits my genre. Do it one more time. What was that? <laughs> you can go back and listen to it. You can go back and listen to it. Council came out to all along the watchtower, didn't he? Or at least when mm-hmm. his time with the Brewers. That Great was one. That was one that of the, was, that's that was one really of the all-time Brewers walk-ups. Yeah. yeah. And Logan Schaefer, Return of the Mac, is the other one that stands out in Brewers history. Return oh. of the Mac was a great walk-up song. Return of the Mac is great. I also like Mr. Carter for Chris Carter. Good one. But mine would be Bombs Over Baghdad. <laughs> one, Jeez. two, three, four. That sounded like you counting down for us to record the audio for this thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that, like, pace is perfect and, like, is the thing that gets me, like, going. Like, so when I do, like, workouts or something, it's definitely number one in my workout mix or running. All the things I pretend I do on a regular basis. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're we're recording this through my workout time, so it's perfect for me. Hey, you're welcome. (laughs) 
And also, you're welcome for this edition of Brewers Unfiltered. If you want more from your hosts, follow Tim Dillard on Twitter and Instagram at Dim Tillard and watch him on the Valley Sports Wisconsin pre and post game show. You can find Adam at Adam McKelvey on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And check out his work on Brewers.com. We talked about Luis Perdomo. He has a great article from earlier in the spring about Luis Perdomo. Go check that out. You're just saying that because the photo on the article is your photo. I'm sorry to interrupt your outro here. Oh, you're on the photo. Yeah. Photo crew. Oh, yeah. It's the best photo you've ever used on an article. Don't forget to follow the Brewers on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Brewers. And we'll see you next Tuesday for a brand new episode of Brewers Unfiltered.